This is your wake up call. Club, the show you love to hate. From the east to the west coast. DJ Envy. Angela Yee. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show, because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earn that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. We in the mother... We in the- Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. It's also International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, guys. Dropping the clues bombs for all the women. Does that mean like just the international women? Like like women that are from other countries? It's a global celebration, so it's celebrated internationally. Women all over the world. Oh, duh. Social, economic, political, everything. So that means like in Africa and Europe, they recognize International Women's Day, so they recognize the people here in America, too. Every woman. Everybody. Got you. Listen, I'm an American, all right? Okay. I'm selfish, so I think of us first and then everybody else around the world. When you say say international, I just think of the 50 states, but I forget it's the whole world out here sometimes. Yeah, that would just be national. I know. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I don't know about you guys, but uh, we had a a blizzard slash nor'easter slash snowstorm yesterday. Snow is trash, bro. I used to really like snow when I was a kid, and I mean, I guess kids still enjoy it. Like, my daughter loves when she don't got school. Like, she gets excited when they send the email, like, no school again tomorrow. Yeah. And they want to go play out in the snow. I'm old, bro. My bones hurt when it's cold. I ain't got time for it. Well, yesterday was, uh, we got two feet of snow by my crib. You Lord guys live in the suburbs. Yeah, yes, I'm about 40 minutes from the city and, um, it was disgusting. The power went out. The whole grid went out. Uh, so there's no power, no heat, no hot water, no nothing. So yesterday I had to light candles and the whole family, we had to sleep in one room together just, you know, just so I know that everything was safe. And that so, sounds fun. And since I'm so scared, I always think like, since this is I'm the so time scared. that the burglar would try it. So I, I sleep next to the hammer. What about be, the dog? I'm and the be, dog. I got the dog and the hammer just in case because I'm just nervous. I'm like, there's no power. There's no lights. I just, I get a little nervous. So, but I'm going to be honest cool. with you. If a burglar breaks into your house during a blizzard, he deserves whatever he gets. Oh, he's going to get it. Because that's a committed, no, no, I mean like no, as far as like prizes. Oh, no, possessions. Because no. that's a very committed burglar. You would have to commend his uh, his, his commitment to stealing. Nah, be. Now with the kids there though, where do you put the gun? I know you want to put it in there. I have a case. I have a, uh, it's, so a, it's, it's like a lock case. Mm-hmm. So you have to put in, you have to use your fingerprints to actually open the case. Okay, I don't know anything about guns. Oh, no, I don't no, have no. Guns. But, you know, it makes me nervous. And I had the dog right outside the room. So, every, I mean, everything was good. But it was two feet of snow. And in our area, when there's no lights, it's pitch black. Like You, you got anxiety like I do. You can't see nothing. Well, fortunately, I live in Brooklyn. So, yesterday, I so went you out, used got to the a manicotti, went stuff. and got some food, hung out with my girls. We Brooklyn went was to still Soko. open? Yeah, Last everything was open. No shit. problems. I didn't have to shovel a thing. There was no snow on my car this morning. Well, lucky you. Because I woke up this morning, and I was up to snow up to my knees and all last night because I guess like you know some kids in the neighborhood some kids in the cul-de-sac some kids in the cul-de-sac it's cul-de-sac the cul-de-sac the cul-de-sac some kids in the cul-de-sac decided to venture over the the, our part of the cul-de-sac and I guess they put like they made like this snow crane right so I'm looking outside all night, like, what the hell is that? Like, I, was, I thought somebody was just standing outside <laughs> on the sidewalk. I'm calling my wife, like, you see somebody standing there? You she guys like, do have anxiety. She's like, that looked like a bird. And I'm like, a bird? oh, that's a snowman. Because the way they, it made it, it, it looked like a big flamingo. Oh. But I didn't know what it was. Your kids over there are creative. I, I was thinking snow monsters. I'd be thinking all kind of wild stuff. But well, they now got. Is, now's a great time to actually live in the city. 
Yeah, in, I mean, not in I mean, the suburbs. At times like this, because there's snow, snow anywhere. I'd rather still live they out there. They plow the streets I'd immediately. Much rather live in the cul-de-sac. And thank God, my uh, neighbor actually owns the plow company, so he makes sure that I'm plowed out first, that I can get to work. You know, when it snows, so Ooh, I was able to your get your neighbor out. plowing you out. Drop one of clues bombs for <laughs> Envy's neighbor plowing them out. Oh, I like the energy. Every setting morning. This morning. He did it pretty tone. fast too. He did it pretty Ooh. fast. You must be tight. <laughs> he did it pretty fast. He did it pretty fast. It was very fast. Very easy to get out. All right. Let's get okay, the maybe not. Let's get the show cracking. <laughs> you God from the legendary Wu Tang Clan. Let's will put be this us in this some morning. context. Wu Tang. It's throwback, it's throwback Thursday. It's throwback Thursday. You God has a book out called Raw. I had the privilege of reading this book last year. You read it too, right? You? Yes, I read the book as well. Mm-hmm. I got an advanced copy. I read it last year. Phenomenal book, but keep in mind, I am your Uncle Charlotte. Uh, I am an old head, mm-hmm. and I grew up on Wu-Tang. I'm mm-hmm. damn near 40 and still want to get a Wu-Tang tattoo on my body You somewhere. better not. Well, you I'm better, a big right? Wu-Tang fan, too. That was actually my first job working for <laughs> I Wu-Tang. I thought she said she so already got that. A, a lot of the stories that he tells in the books about Wu-Tang, yes. I am familiar with, but there's a lot of back story on how he ended up, uh, you know, even joining the group and before Wu-Tang. That was really good. It teaches you a lot about what it was like in Staten Island, Brooklyn. We'll talk to him about all that. So kids, tell your parents that you God's going to be on this morning. (laughs) Call your (laughs) uncles and your aunts, all right? right? Your moms and your dads, tell them you God's here this morning. What's your favorite three you God verses? Because I'm trying to put together this mini mix for when he gets here. Oh, favorite three you God verses. Sam Doodle Maker is trapped inside pajamas. Shersay Lagos is dope. Shersay Lagos, I got that one. Mystery of chess boxing. What's up, bro? I'm going to give it to you. Listen, Mystery of chess boxing. Mystery of chess boxing. You got to play his verse off SWV, Anything Remix. Um, and what's my other favorite U-God verse? I guess you can go off, off Protect Your Neck. Okay. Yeah. All right, I got it. All right. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about, Yeezy? Uh, we are going to talk about who wants to donate $50 million to charity. Wow. It's All right. you. All right. Well, we'll get to that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Clues bombs for our cameraman in here. His name is Steven. We call him Steven the White Demon. Right. He's our Caucasian cameraman. Why, why if we you ever hear bomb? some coughing or throat clearing, that's all. That's him. Envy uh, earlier was talking about how he was sleeping with his family last night and the power was out, so he was sleeping with the hammer. So as soon as the microphones go off, Steven goes, You know, man, Envy, you really should invest in a gun because I don't know what a hammer's going to do to protect your family. <laughs> <laughs> Drop one of Clues bombs for Steven. Uh, he has no clothes. He has Blame. no clothes. like... Yeah, no he thinks we're just liberals who are just taking this gun control thing too far. Oh my god! Forget the guns. We got hammer's hammers. Helpful, hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Now let's start off with a Powerball winner, right? Some positivity. Yes, a woman who won the Powerball jackpot that's worth nearly five hundred and sixty million dollars mm-hmm. wants to give as much as fifty million to charity. That's dope. And she also wants to keep her identity private. Now remember this story. She signed her ticket after the drawing, but later on learned that she could have shielded her identity if she would have wrote the name of a trust when she signed that ticket. So she was upset because she wants to remain anonymous, so they're fighting that case right now. But in the meantime, 
They're saying that she gets $264 million. That's after taxes and everything. And they are planning to donate. They said they would give $150,000 to Girls, Inc., $33,000 apiece to three chapters of N68 Hours of Hunger in the state. And they're saying she plans to do donations over the years between $25 and $50 million during her lifetime. But she doesn't want any accolades. She doesn't want credit. She just wants to do good things. And oh. she doesn't want her uh, identity revealed. What how old she is? Because usually the people that win the Powerball is like 80-something-year-old people. Yeah, we don't She's know her unidentified age. right now. But I respect that, though. I mean, how much was the money? How much money was it? She, after taxes, she ended up with $264 million. Yeah, $50 wow. million dollars to charity. That's that's great. That's absolutely I mean, you can't, you can't spend But the all problem that is money. that she signed her name. And, of course, for the lottery, they like for their own press purposes to reveal the identity of the person. And so legally, they can do that. Mm. But she's fighting right now to be anonymous. Okay. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even care if I was anonymous. Now I used to think about that. I, I thought about that because of her situation. Would I care if I was anonymous? No. I'm gonna tell you why. Because mm. I'm gonna change all my phone numbers anyway. So the only people that can be able to get in touch with me is my circle, the immediate family. And then the people who do get in touch with me to get some money. I got it. <laughs> I can lend it. I can lend it. The problem is that usually in situations like this, when people know you have a lot of money, then there's all kinds of extortion attempts, kidnapping of family to take members. Your kids and all that. Like, if I can afford shooters now, I definitely can afford shooters um, when I get to, to get to a couple hundred million dollars. Don't, don't say shooters. Say white Hammers. men with, with suits on. Armed security with suits on. There you go. Okay, and they're prayer warriors too. Don't get it twisted. My shooters are prayer warriors. And again, today's International Women's Day, and what does that I mean, it's a global celebration of the social, cultural, economic, and political achievements of women. This year's theme is hashtag time is now. That's for rural and urban activists transforming women's lives. Know about the history, all of that. So time is now is the theme for this year. Okay. International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. Time is now. Drop on the clues bombs for International Women's Day. All the women around the world. Heard up. I got two daughters at the house Mm -hmm. and a wife. I got two daughters at the house as well. Should we celebrate today? Should we do something? Am I supposed to like bring balloons home or something like that? I I brought my daughter to work today. Let them start celebrating. Where's she at? Um, I think she in the back. You lost her? Wow. <laughs> what, a, wow. what a father you are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she She's 16. She bought, ain't going to do far. You bought her to work just to lose her? <laughs> just to lose her. She's around there somewhere. Could have lost her at the house. Right. She's around there. All right. Well, that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night and you just want to vent a little bit or you want to spread some positivity, you can tell them why you're blessed as well. But get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Baby, a trapper, baby. I rub what I own on my masters, baby. It's tragic, baby. I pull up and f- the traffic, baby. A savage, baby. I'm killing these close casket, baby. You get the bag and fumble it. I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. Straight out the lot, 300 cash, and the car came with a blunt in it. Lil' mama a thot, and she got, and she gon' f a bag. Pull up to the spot, living too fast, dropping the dope in the stash. In Italy, got too far, they DM me. Drop the top when it's cold, but you feel the heat. Be real with me, keep it 100. Just be real with me. Eat it up like it's a feast. They say the dope on fleek. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? What's up, man? This is Reckless TV, man. How y'all doing? It's been a while. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, I just want to promote my page, Reckless TV, man. If you're a rapper, a singer, you want an outlet to get your music out, DM me or email me right now at Reckless TV, R-E-C-K-L-E-Z-Z. 
TV and I post your music on Friday. Let me tell you something. And, uh, I, re I respect you because you didn't call up here with no gimmicks. Nope. You ain't tried no tricks. I need you, to promote. You got straight to the promo. I respect you. Hey, man, it's business out here, man. I shout out to y'all, too, because I listened to Gary Vee when y'all got up in here. He inspired me to do all this. Gary okay. Vaynerchuk, that's my guy. Well, that's Thank you, nice. bro. That's good to hear. Hello, who's this? Destiny from the 843. Hey, 843, Destiny. what's happening, Destiny? Get it off your chest, mama. That's been much. I am blessed. Today is my 27th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I called y'all a few weeks ago because I was blessed and because I had gotten out of a toxic relationship and I made it out of that and my life is starting to look up. I finally got a state job and everything in my life is looking up and up. My kids are healthy. I'm healthy. My mom's healthy. I'm blessed. Ah, uh, things okay. are looking up for you in I South Carolina. It. There you go, mama. And, and you know, the good thing about getting out of a toxic relationship in South Carolina is you survived because you know we are the number one state for deaths at, uh, at the hands of domestic violence. Yeah. Look at how much life gets better when she leave that zero. Absolutely, mama. I know, and I'm so glad I didn't listen to Charlemagne and get my family on him. Get your what? Get your you told me to get my family on him. Oh, you still might have to after he hit his phone call. Oh, stop nah, it. Nah, she's <laughs> good. She's good. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> All right, baby. Well, have a good Keep mama. Moving. What's wrong with getting your family to beat she somebody up every now and then? Hello. Fine. Hello. Hey, who's this? Oh my God, my name's my name's Ariel. I'm from Newark. Ariel, hey, get Ariel off your chest, mama. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you guys. Oh my God, hi, 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 DJ MV. Hello. Hi, Charlamagne. I love you. I love you too, I baby. I have your book. Thank I you. I have your book. I'm reading it. Um, yeah, and hi, hi. Oh my God, hi, Angela Yee. Hi, oh Ariel. Hi. Okay, so I'm blessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, that's not why I called him this morning, though. Um, <laughs> I have, I'm in school. I only have, I want to ask you guys a question. Sure. I only have one spring break out of my four years of school, and I just want, my friend and I, like, really want to do something special. So we're driving down to, we're driving down south. Like, we're going to Nashville, North Carolina, New Orleans, Dallas, Atlanta. Um, we just don't know where to go. Like, we don't have any places to go. Um, but we just wanted to know, like, if you guys, like, because, like, you guys travel a lot, so, like, we don't, like, we're thinking, like, maybe we could ask you guys, like, some really hot places to, like, stop by and check out. Nashville is beautiful. Go to Charlotte, North Carolina. Drive down to Florida. Go to uh, South Beach. I think she wants places, though. Oh, you want places? Like what? Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 so we're going to Atlanta. We don't know, like, any, like, good places to eat, clubs to hit up. Like, you know, like, I, you know, just, like, any, like, quick places you could think of. Like, you should, you should, you should shout out your social media, and then our people that are in those states can tell you where to go. Yeah, Absolutely. that's how I yeah. actually figure out where I should eat. I say, hey, I'm here. What's a good place to eat? Atlanta Club is SL Lounge. Is always a good club. Shout to Rugs. Now, as far as eating in Atlanta, what would you suggest? Mm. Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle House, my goodness. Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Those are generic. Those are so generic. I know. I mean, you got Gladys Night Restaurant, right? Two Ooh. Chains has a restaurant. You could try a Two Chains restaurant, too. Oh. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. But oh, my God. And, you know, Ludacris has a restaurant in the airport in Atlanta. Chicken and, chicken oh, and yeah, beer. I remember that. But tell everybody your Instagram or whatever so they can hit you up and tell you where to go. Okay, I, I got you. But I just want to call. But what's your, you what's your Twitter or Instagram? We're going to let people know. Oh, my God. Okay, it's, um okay, so it's underscore um, not a mermaid. <laughs> That's it. Underscore, <laughs> not, underscore a mermaid. not a mermaid. All right, please. Everybody go hit up underscore not a mermaid. She want to know where all the best trap houses at. Oh, my goodness. And, um, no, down south. No, you know what no, I'm saying? No. Where, can, where can she get the best drugs? Okay, no, I found no, her right no. here. Okay. All right. Hit her up. Tell her where she could go get something to eat, where she could party and all that good stuff. All right? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Get it. Pick up the mother, mother phone and dial. 
your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear Hello, who's this? Yo, what's going on? Envy, what up, Charlemagne? What up, Yee? What's up, brother? What's happening? Who's this? Um, it's Lorenzo from Brooklyn. Lorenzo, get it off your chest, bro. Hey, man, um, I just want to start off by saying that I'm blessed. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my family as well. Um, also, you know, I'm trying to um, give back to my community. I come from Brownsville, section of Brooklyn. And um, I wanted to talk to y'all a little bit about how I could give back to my community. It's getting hot outside. And you know, no, it's not. It, <laughs> it's it's well, cold it's, as hell. It's going to get hot real soon. Summertime is coming up. I pray um, so. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Um, I want to give away book bags to the parents, and I want to give away maybe like basketballs to the kids. You know, something where they could, you know, give something back to them to where they could have something to do for the summertime. How do I go about doing that? You just do it. I do that every summer. I give away book bags. I got a nonprofit called Third Eye Awareness, but you just got to go out there and do it. I go out there and I buy the book bags myself. I set up a location. I tell everybody where I'm going to be at, and I give out those book bags. I and you that. can hit up, like, why don't you ask some of your friends as family members to join you? Word is bond. It ain't hard to get. Listen, when you're giving away free stuff, it ain't hard to get people to pull up. Definitely not hard. <laughs> All right, man. So um, I'll probably pull up to maybe like a Salvation Army or something and stand outside the Salvation Army and give, I don't know give if away that's some. The well, I don't know if Salvation so, Army is the right one. You, I got, would... you got social media, right? Yeah, definitely. Just go get to work and tell everybody where you're going to be at and they're going to pull up. Y'all said that um, Salvation Army not the best place? Nah, schools, community centers. Most people go to Salvation Army. They usually go they're to shop. They're buying things. Yeah, and it's not necessarily things. people who need to. They're just like thrift store shopping. Oh, all right, man. All right, man. All right, thanks, y'all. Pull up in the hood. Go, go, go to the people. Pull up where the, pull up in the uh, community. Why don't you go to the neighborhood where you're from and put up some flyers and promote it that way? I mean, I still live in that neighborhood. Okay, so, I mean, so it's, it's even better. Easy for me to do that. Right, put up some flyers, let everybody know. It's not the best thing in the world to do, like to stand. Look, to give away free. Nobody gonna shoot you. This is what you do. Time out, time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He just said he from. You say you from Brownsville? Brownsville. Yeah. Lorenzo, this is what you do. Yeah, do you might want to pick another neighborhood. Do y'all have a black party? <laughs> Lorenzo, y'all have a black party? Um, nah, not really like that. Um, we have like maybe like you know Brownsville Day that happens in like July. You okay, know so now you have plenty of time, so you should get it ready for Brownsville Day. Get yeah, it started now. Get it together and do it on Brownsville Day. That's a great story. That yeah, tell everybody you're going to be in front of the Pink House Projects, mm-hmm. all right? <laughs> that won't work. Hello? Trump full of goodies. Hello? Hello. Hey, who's this? Hey, man. Look, good job, please. I'm still upset for this throwback Thursday about Monique coming up there trying to hit you with that TBN voice. And that gray hair, and she had the bun, was all jet black, and she calling Charlemagne Lenard. Y'all just did a great job. She was delusional. Just couldn't still prove that $13 million. I still ain't over it. I wanted to bring it back up for this uh, throwback <laughs> it was, Thursday. It was two weeks ago, but all right. Hey, God, God, Thursday, yeah, know, God bless Monique. I want all Monique supporters to go out there and support her. She's got a show in New York at the Apollo on May 12th. Mm-hmm. It's on Groupon right now. It's not sold out. It hasn't. It's been out, but it's, it's been on, on sale for a while. It is on Groupon. Go no. buy tickets. You know what I mean. Support her. Like, stop talking to me about Monique and how much you like Monique. If you're not going out there to support her, support her. Go, go buy tickets to her show on May 12th because she wouldn't be in this position that she's in if she had the leverage of her supporters. So go support her. Oh wow, it is on. I don't be making Groupon. stuff up. I don't know why y'all want to think that I'm just a bad guy who makes things up. But no, yes, it is. So go support her. Put your money where your mouth is. 
Oh, wow. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about a rapper who has been accused of rape. Now he Jesus. is defending himself. We'll tell you what he has to say with his text messages with the woman. All right. We'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Well, a woman has accused too short of rape, and he's responding. We'll tell you what he had to say, but first, here is his explanation. The most we ever did was foreplay, and I don't know how you're going to take some foreplay incident and turn it into a crime or something. So, you know, consent is starting to be a very fine line, and I just feel like there's nothing that I would ever do that's not consensual. I'm pretty sure that these women are telling the God's honest truth, but there's a few out there who probably are trying to do the money grab. So I just feel like if those of you out there are lying, I mean, you're messing up the movement for everybody else. All right, now the woman's name is Tiana Lewis, and she sued him for allegedly sexually assaulting her multiple times between June and October of 2016. Now, Too Short is saying the whole thing is an extortion attempt, and she had to refile and put on a defamation claim as well. But he does have text messages between them that prove he says that she sexually pursued him and that they were dating and that there was no rape. Now, according to the text messages that he has... They say things like she talks about his big penis and the fact that she could see it through his pants. There's one that says, baby, I wish you were here right now. Just talking to you on the phone makes me wet, so on and so forth. Oh, he's absolutely right. A lot of women are telling the truth. Some women are are lying for money, but the ones that are lying for money, they won't mess up the movement because they'll just get weeded out. Right. uh, But it's also not fair to men. And we have to think about that's not, it's not fair to men yeah. at all. No, yeah, I mean the sad and part. There definitely should be some type of repercussions if you aren't being truthful. I agree. About Absolutely. something that happened the, to you. I agree. The only problem with that whole situation is at least uh, too short gets to go to court, and they got due process in court. There is no due process in the court of public opinion. Right. So these allegations and accusations ruin some guys. Right. All right. Now Richard Pryor, his son. Wouldn't you expect his son to be really, really funny as no. well? No. No, Not necessarily. It never works I that mean, way. You know. It never works that way. If that was the case, Michael Jordan's son would be playing <laughs> basketball right now in the league. Absolutely, it never works that way. Uh, maybe his dad passed down those no. genes to him. Very rare you see that with somebody. Gerald Kelly comes up here. His sons are doing comedy. They good, but I mean, Gerald ain't even really got the way he need to be yet. But all I'm saying is that when you <laughs> when you great, it's very rare that your children are great right. at what you do. Well, too. his son Mason Pryor was at the Apollo. And he was very nervous at first. Here he is. Man, I'm nervous. I can literally hear my dad up in heaven right now. Like, boy, you better not mess this up. He got a real bulbo voice. Like, you can tell by his voice. Oh, that a bulbo? A then very bulbo voice. Then it goes left. Oh, boy. Everybody here in America knows the code. If you get caught cheating, you got to cut your side thing loose. Donald Trump's still on the phone at the White House talking to Russia. Hello? Hey, no. No, I want to talk to my man right now. You go get my poop. Dude. Is that you, my poop? I love you so much. I love the way your name comes off my lips. Oh. Have some respect. Hey, don't you mean have some respect? Uh, I love it. Drop one of clues bombs for the Apollo. I've heard it. He looked like his daddy. Look. That's going to be on tonight, guys, on Fox, if you want to oh, watch Oh, that's this. on TV? Yes. Uh, first of all, nothing I love to see more than seeing a Show comedian on stage Apollo. bombing. God bless the mm-hmm. Apollo for always being the Apollo. You got to earn your keep. I don't care who your daddy is. If you're not funny, you're going to get these boos. You're not going to get better if people lying to you, giving you pity plus. 
Get these boos. He got to stay with it, though. Oh, Every no. comedian gets booed. He got to stay with it. He killed, right. um, by the way, he probably killed himself by saying, I'm Richard Pryor's son. Absolutely. Because now you said it, bar. You said And then when you say, have some respect. Now, yeah, I got respect. I got respect enough for your daddy to get your ass off this stage because well, you're you ruining his legacy. All right, guys, booed, I'm Angela Yee, and that's everything. your rumor report. When you start getting booed, you say everything. What's your man say at uh, at the garden that time? Damien oh, my Lemon. God, Damien Lemon. Yeah, what'd he say? He said, listen, man, this is Easton. My grandma's sitting right there. My grandma came to this show. <laughs> hey, what did they do? Boo! See? Doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Yee, for those rumor reports. Speak now, my guy, Damien, let me. Up next, You God from the Wu-Tang Clan will be joining us, so we'll kick it with You God when we come back. He Got has a, a new, new book. book. It's called Raw. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. You God. You God. Peace, peace, peace. Let's talk about some of this. But me and You God go back. We were in acting class together when oh I was um, gearing up for my my huge debut with uh, Bokeem Woodbine, if you haven't oh, seen God. it. <laughs> Who else was in this acting class? It, it was uh, You God was in the class. Uh, Jim Jones <laughs> Jim was in a couple yes, of classes. Jalisa was, oh. uh, was in the class. Who else was in that class? Terrence J was in a couple of classes with us. Whatever happened with that? I'm just curious. Nah, I just wanted my little so many things that people don't know about me. You know, mm-hmm. I still got that in my... My monologues and all that stuff on the side. You know, mm-hmm. I got little things I bring out if I have to. Now, well, we learned about this a book. L- we learned a lot about you, God, from reading this book. Oh yeah. man, did you ever think you'd be the first person to write a book from Wu Tang? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I had the Wu Manual, but I'm, yeah, I'm not the first. But you know, my biography, yeah, because I've been working on this for like two and a half years. I was mm-hmm. like, like deep in the just writing, putting together, and um, going out, getting people to ask me questions, and reflecting it back, and just. Memories and thoughts and all that, you know, it took me like two and a half years. Let's take it back to the um, beginning when you started, before you got into the group Wu-Tang and you were a kid from Brooklyn. What got you into rap? Because I was, I was reading something where they said that you used to get bullied all the time. You used, they used to get wedged and oh, man. kicked on, punched Avenue, in the face. The Avenue crew. Back then, you know, when we was growing up, we had older people that used to terrorize the little youngest. Right. You know, whether for our little monies or whatever, whatever, and you know, whatever. So we had that. But music got into me when I was like, um, my uncle used to go to Harlem World, you know, and he used to come back with these tapes, mm-hmm. you know, Kumo D, the battles and all that stuff. So that was like my first little inclination of that. And then my mother's boyfriend, he brought me a Curtis Blow tape, you know, that was back in those days too when Curtis Blow was big, you know, and that was like the first gold record and all that. Then, you know, slowly but surely, it just started getting kind of big on, you know, in our in our little area, in the mm-hmm. black community. I'm really heavily influenced by Kane, you know, Rock Hill. Right. You know, biz and that's the stuff we grew up on, going to Union Square and all that stuff back in those days. You know, Red Parrot and all that. One thing I found interesting about the book is like y'all kind of had gang culture, but it wasn't like what you know, Bloods, Crips, but it was cliques. Yeah, it was. We was we was very very clicky growing up. It was it was like like during the the height of the, the crack era, it was buildings against buildings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You had two sixty, you had one sixty, you know, and you had three five, the trade pound building, you had five five. Those are all separate little entities that, you know, everybody had their little zone. Mm-hmm. And then when they got slow, they wanted to come to war against us down there because we was getting all the money. You know, it was just internal, you know, project beat. But you were pretty good flowing through all the different neighborhoods. That's because of my, you know, my my, 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 my my brother's father was from Stapleton. And mm-hmm. his family was a big family down in Stapleton. So I was able to go down to Stapleton. They didn't want to mess with the best brothers because they was, they was maniacs. It was, it was terrorizing down there. So I was able to go down there. So I was able to meet up with Ghost and, um, you know, RZA, Dorian, and Big Dan, all them, all them crazy little juveniles, whatever, whatever. And um, then when I went to high school, I got more in tune with the West and New Brighton and all the other stuff, you know, other people out there in them areas. So it made me able to octopus my arms all out there, you know, mm-hmm. in places where people couldn't go. So 
I was basically known on Staten Island, you know, more than a lot of brothers was. And you, you saw your first death when you was five. Yeah, that was a crazy situation because it was, um, you know how it is. In summertime, windows is open. And it's, you see, in Park Hill, you got this one strip that goes right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's where everybody used to come out. You know, when things used to happen, you should just, everybody in the whole building used to just come out and see. Like, it was like an event. Right. And um, that was my first, like, event, seeing, you know, ladies just jump to a demise, you know. A, oh, a lady killed her. She committed suicide. Yeah, she oh, jumped wow. off the roof. You don't want to give too much away from the book. Well, but, you said it, so yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, 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 I didn't yeah, say was, what happened. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy growing up in them days, man. So how did the Wu-Tang form? Well, that was a that's a crazy situation because we always was together in some form of fashion, right? You know, when 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 Genius when Genius and RZA come to the hill, they come to the O building, they come on CC and when in front of the O building be me, Meth, uh, 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 you know, Dak, Kappa used to live in the building, so mm-hmm. that was our little building, and Ray used to live right the building across, right 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 next to it, mm-hmm. but he had his gate, you know, him and Power had their gate in the on two twenty five, so Ray had to go. When he was hustling, he had to go all the way around, drop his little bombs off, and come all the way back, whatever he was doing. You know what I'm saying? So, but when they used to come to the hill, we used to drop everything and go in the back, drink Valentine L with me, Dirty, Genius, and Rizzo. We just go in the back and just start versing and just chilling. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, that was our brothers back then. You and Meth really had a very special relationship, and you focus on that a lot. What I did like was you talk about being a team player in the book. And that's important for a lot of people, I think, in life in general, because you knew, okay, Meth is not going to be doing this street stuff. He has all this talent and he's working really hard for it. So I'm going to make sure he's good, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because you felt like I have to take care of my brother. Him and Dirty were like out of here mentally when it comes to writing rhymes and raps and all that. Mm -hmm. So I had to to protect him because he was just just that dude. And I always tell him, like, yo, dog, you got something. Especially when he had an old lady, they used, to, they used to scream out the window to him. This is a no, this is a straight up story. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you the same thing. This old lady, she, you know, she was an alcoholic, whatever, whatever. But she was a good woman, and she used to be out the window like, "Sing for me, singer, <laughs> just sing for me." And she used to be telling that the math. She said, "You gonna be a star." I used to be laughing at him like, "Yo, dog." She used to be crazy, but every time we used to be on the block, she would open her window, "Sing for me, singer," and then meth start beating on his chest. You know, doing his little routine and stuff like that, and they used to make her day. You know, and and she was and she was right. Mm-hmm. How'd y'all initially get so close before you knew that like he had talent like that? Well, me and Meth, I remember my first like running into Meth was in junior high school, forty nine. This is when um New Edition was hot, and everybody was doing the Candy Girl. Candy Girl, right, right, right. And Meth had a Gumby, you know, not a Gumby. He had the Shag, the Shag, the Shag, mm-hmm. and he was ill with the steps. He used to know all the steps. Of that, and so I was like, you know, he was a, he was just an upbeat dude. Mm-hmm. Meth was never a downbeat dude. He was always upbeat, and that attracted me because I used to like upbeat dudes. Cause, you know, being around all these little, uh, that wasn't my thing. You know what I mean? I like to, I, I like dudes with mind, and um, you know, and um, and just spirit. You right. Know? And he had a good spirit. But you didn't totally keep Meth out the street, though. He eventually got into the game a little bit. No, Meth was he was hard for a minute because, but it got to a point where it's, he was getting too close to getting locked up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, nah. Can't, we can't do this because before he became a street dude, Meth was, he wasn't really street. He was still going to work at the statue. He was doing his thing. But then after he lost his job, I grabbed him up because his mom's kicked him out the crib. And he, you know, he ain't had nowhere to go. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, come with me. And then we just started running around the streets, Batman and Robin. And at first he went through, he had to get his bones up. He was getting in the fights. Mm-hmm. He was carrying ratchets. He was just was running around. He had, he was getting, he ain't had no clientele. Getting he, high. Yeah, he was getting high. <laughs> he, his fiends wouldn't talk to him. He couldn't get no sales. But, like, about 
I gave him like about two, three weeks, he was running the whole block. Wow. He, was, he was shutting the whole block down. Dudes was mad at him. He was trying to blow guns at him because he was getting all the money now. I could definitely say he came in and earned his stripes in there. So what made y'all give that up since y- y'all were doing so well at the time? Now, the crack it, was so it, big. It sounded it sound like we was doing well. <laughs> well, crack was big. It sounded like y'all stopped selling crack. No. no. Crack nah, was big. jail too many times. Nah, B, because it was... Because it was, <laughs> you don't hear a story where people give that up when they give up making money. Nah, B, it was, it was hell. It's, it's, it, 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 took, it took a lot. It kind of took RZA, you said, actually. Yeah, but he was already, he grabbed meth. He had meth already in the in in stranglehold. But he even had him, with you, because you kept yeah, being the, in and out of jail, you were like, look, yeah, I was, if I was you want to do this for real, you got to give that up. Yeah, he was, he sat me down. I ain't going to give, I, I came in front. He was like a, he was like a mentor to me with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was just basically told me now, like, yo, G, what you doing? You riling the fuck out, dog. Every time you come home, you going back in the can. You, I wasn't even home for like two weeks. I was going back up for six, eight months, six months, six months. I was like, yo, man. I got tired the last time around, and he just told me, like, yo, just give me a year of your life. If it don't turn out, you can go back doing what you want to do. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. That was one of the reasons you weren't on a lot of Wu projects early. And that's stuff we used to wonder, like, damn, why you got ain't on yeah, this like that? Plus, I lost my rhythm, too, and my, my focus wasn't there. You know, I wasn't really focused like that. And I didn't get a chance to really get focused until we got out, got out the streets, mm-hmm. started doing promotional tour, and then we left that life alone. Completely, mm. and then next thing you know, it just hit me like, okay, now I got now I can focus on just this now. I mean, I had to worry about ducking from the pole nine, or you know, weird dealing with all the weird, ele- the weird elements that come along with the situation I was in, and that was that. All right, we have more with you, God. When we come back, keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. From the Wu-Tang Clan, you God is in the building. Yee. Yeah. Yui, what made you decide it was time to write a book? Like, what sparked that in you? I was sitting one day, I was telling all these stories, you know, mm-hmm. drunk high and telling people these stories. They was like, oh, they was dying. They was laughing. Some dudes was like, yo, crying. I was like, yo, I was getting mad, you know, emotions out of people. And I was like, the Domingo came to me and said, yo, dog, it's about that time for you to write this story, man, for real. This is it's too much. Mm-hmm. You got to just let it let it go. So I just sat down and I just started penning it and penning it, you know. I had to get somebody... Go, to go over my grandma because, you know, I'm still a little, little rusty on my grandma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we just put it together. It took me two and a half years, and I just, you know, here it is. Do you talk to anybody? Like, did you talk to Meth? Because you tell a lot of stories in there about Meth. Oh, all these stories right here, he already know. Got you, got you, got you. Well, I'm like, sure he, he knows, yeah. but does he want him out? Yeah. No. I ain't, I ain't believe, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, you know, I ain't the go. The things you could have said. Like when he was high off what? What was that, dust? No, 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 no. A fiend came through with a sheet of acid. I wasn't into that. And um, he took one. Mm-hmm. It had skull and crossbones on it. I said, dog, how you going to take something from somebody you don't even know with some skull and crossbones? You must be crazy. <laughs> so, you know, he was like, whatever. So he takes it, and I leave him because I had to go uptown. And I come back, he in the bushes. In the bushes? <laughs> Stuck in the bushes. For hours. Now, mind you, I've been gone for like three, four hours. Mm-hmm. And I come back, he in the same spot where I left him. <laughs> So when I grabbed him, I grabbed him, I pulled him out of the bush. I said, yo, what are you doing? He took off at the bar. <laughs> Started running. Took off, running. <laughs> Ran around the corner to get some orange juice, some OJ, whatever he went to go get. So when I got to back to, I got to him, I said, what's wrong with you? He said, yeah, you was right. I should have never took that. <laughs> I should have never took that stuff. I was like, yo, dog, you crazy. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, but these drugs, that's crazy. We know people that have taken things and have never been the same afterward. Like, you can't just take something you don't know what it is because we know people personally who I uh, took this and that person has never recovered, oh, yeah. never been the same person, never came back to who they were. Yeah, his cheese flipped, slipped off his crack. I know, I know. I know people like that, too, but for some apparent reason, 
it didn't happen to certain people. Right. Some people were just like, you know, into that stuff. I don't know. I wasn't into it. I never took an acid until later on. He got me to take another one. I After that. that happened, he got you to take yeah, it? Yeah, like years later down the line. He caught After me. you saw what happened to him. <laughs> you know, he, caught Why? Me. he caught me in Miami. He don't even want to get coached. He only want to get suck me and stuff like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. he'd be like, yo, George, come on, man. Come on, come on. Try this. Mother. You got to try this. So he'll just hit me. Like, I took a little piece, put it on my tongue. I ain't nothing. Next thing you know, I'm ripping up the bathroom. I'm ah, Onyx was there. I spazzed on them. <laughs> ah, went all crazy. Like tearing up houses, man. It's another story you telling the book about ghosts tearing up Brett Ratner's house. Oh man, <laughs> that was a terrible situation. He feels bad. I know he felt bad about bad about it, but we was he was toe up that night. We was toe bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we must have hit like a a gallon of rum for Dolo. I must have had about four blunts to the head. And we was like, this. <laughs> we was just tapping. You know, they're beefing with Leonardo DiCaprio. No, nah, but he got out of he got out of pocket. <laughs> what would he do? He what happened was Tip was there. Q Tip, Q Tip. He was there, and I guess he might have felt that we wasn't giving him. We didn't really know him like that. You know how it is. We from the hood, so we like we we converse with this little bit right here. Right. And he was on the outskirts, and he was like. <clears throat> on the outside, and I don't think, you know, Tip ain't even introduce him and pull him in and say, yo, this is Bozzy, boom, boom, boom. So we was just giving him love. And he just said some, something out of his pocket. I was like, huh, what you say? I was like, yo, listen, I don't care if you in the movies, bruh. And then, you know, it, it just got out of, you know, got raised for a minute, then he calmed down for a minute. I just looked at him differently. I was like, oh, you know what? But then when I thought about it later, I said, you know what? He might have just wanted to be in a circle. That's mm-hmm. all, you know. Just, and how he ironic, he almost uh, bought that Wu-Tang album that Martin Screlly ended up buying. He yeah. was originally supposed to purchase that. Yeah, you know, he, later on he came back to the studio, but I missed him that day. And Meth, you know, Meth came with Meth, and, you know, he got the, he got a pass. You know, he's all good. He watches movies now? Pass. Oh, I've been watching. I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Leonardo DiCaprio. It's certain points where it seems like you feel like your brothers kind of left you out there hanging by yourself, except for Meth. Like, in certain situations, you feel like they could have stepped it up some more. Well, you know what? Everybody handles tragedy a different way. And as I got older, I had to understand that. You know? And, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know nothing about therapy. Right. You know, as in the black community, we don't know nothing about therapy at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we self-medicate, we smoke, you know, to get rid of certain situations. So when my son got, you know, got shot by straight bullets and the jacks, he was, um, you know, he's family. So he, he, didn't, he don't even count. But certain other brothers, you know, didn't really understand what I was going through. And I don't think they probably was going through any tragedy in their life yet to understand about tragedy. And um, that's basically what happened. Now, your son your son got shot. And, and what, what happened in that case? I know it was a straight bullet. He lost a liver, I believe. He lost a kidney. A kidney. located two fingers. Damn. He died twice and came back. Now, what happened in that situation? Was he just out playing and mining and just a, sh- a shooting happened? Or? What happened, His um, my so-called babysitter at the time, because mm-hmm. I was um, it was my homegirl, one of my ex-workers, her name was Shishi. And um, she wasn't, nah, that's when I stopped. So she was just babysitting my son. And um, her thing was the, she just liked to bring my son around and then the projects, you know, and just you know, just have him out there and, you know, take him for a walk. So she was walking through Stapleton. And at the time, these these fools was going to war with each other. And, um, you know, she didn't she didn't know, you know what I mean? And um, what happened, this is what I was told what happened. Shots rang out, dude picked up my son and used him as a shield. A dude picked him up and used your son as a shit. Yeah, and 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 you know he was on some suckers, on some suckers, whatever, and um, that's what happened. How that didn't that get you back in the game? Man, I was tore up for a while. Cause that's the hardest part. Cause you know what you want to do, but you know what's best for you and your family. And you could have got the dude who used your son as a shit. I'm not right. even gonna say nothing about that, Black. Cause mm-hmm. he's like this. They they got a little. I drank some blood. His blood was 
thought it was tasteless. But anyway, other than that, you know, it just was a situation where it's, you know, it just, you know, I'm still to this day, dudes still on some like scared, you know, paranoid, and, and they should be. Yeah, absolutely. And you actually did go to therapy, which you brought up just now, because you had a breakdown of sorts because you never address, sometimes people don't address the things in their life that have affected them so much. You don't even realize that's what's making you oh, man. behave one, a certain way. One thing I learned, I talked about in this book is um, mental, mental situations, whereas if you have a whole lot of stress and you don't have an outlet or somebody, something to talk about, your body will shift and you will go one way and your brain will go another and you you won't even know what happened. They call that, they call that a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found out what happened with me, you know, after I was talking to the therapist. And he was like, man, boy, you've been holding on to a lot of stuff. Jesus Christ, no wonder why you was in certain situations, what happened to you. So I was like, okay. So when I got it off my chest, I started understanding more about, you know, the mental situation of, you know, I have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, from all the, the drama and all that mm-hmm. stuff. How often do you go? Well, I stopped going. And I just started, you know, once I understand, came to a clear understanding of certain situations, you know, because dude was getting me for two hundred dollars a session. <laughs> Mine's one fifty. What made I go you every go? Friday at three o'clock. Are you still going? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. what, he, he, he just he just started. <laughs> what what made you go? Because you know, back then you weren't going to therapist. You weren't taking your kids to therapist. You weren't doing. I, I didn't. I didn't know. Eh? I didn't know. I didn't know there was a, a a person that you can go and talk to and talk about. You know, psychologically stuff, psychology mm-hmm. stuff. I didn't know nothing about that. That was like it's like. You know, it's amazing to me. I was like, for real? Mm-hmm. You mean I can sit here and tell you my problems and you're going to analyze me and, and find out what my flaws is and what diagnose my situation? Mm. All right, let me give you a shot. All right, we got more with you, God, when we come back. Let's get into a Wu-Tang mini-mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. You guys in the building, Charlemagne? One thing in the book that, that hurt my heart was the fact that y'all aren't allowed to use the Wu-Tang logo. Yeah, that is the situation we're going through right now. And um that's you crazy. just have to pay to use it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's right. one of our situations that we, you know, as a business we didn't realize how business business situation we was in and how it really you know, how it really played out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you know, we don't you know, I can't say we never gonna be able to use it, but as of right now, that we just found out some things that we know that kind of broke our heart. Yeah, but the nine members of the the original nine of the Wu Tang should be allowed to use it with with no questions asked because y'all all built that W at the end of the day. Oh, I would I would love I would love for you to be in my um mm-hmm. around a fly on the wall just to say that you know I'm glad you even broadcasting that putting that in the air like that. Thank you very much. I mean, not yeah. even just that, but even with Wu Wear, who no power power got his own thing. No, right. I don't mess with P because P. P put his money up in the beginning too, you know. But everybody I, did too. No, no, I can't say that. You know, power, power. When I went, when I went, when I got counted out for the count, he came in and rec- rescued. Okay, because I thought in the book you said everybody put up like forty thousand. No, that was for Wu Wear. Yes, I said Wu Wear. Oh yeah, that was for Wu Wear. That was like I was. That was our first like rock tour. We went on Rage Against the Machine. We put up money to get him started. But before that, he was already running. Mm-hmm. Power took you know a little bit of money he had and he. He made it big off what he had. We just added more to his capital so he could have an office and, and stuff like that and, you know, make it more corporate, I guess, you know. What's your relationship with Rizzo now? Because in the book, I I, I kind of made this crunch face like, damn, Rizzo, you doing your people like that? You know, I'm at the level of my life where I'm not disgruntled about nothing no more. I'm just more or less understanding this is business, and that's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not that same dude I once was, man. I'm not... I'd hate him. I don't have the anger problems I had no more. I just 
just on some smooth go lucky, just trying to grow old, graceful stuff. Why did but y'all have a brotherhood though? And like, like, like Wu Tang had principles and integrity, and morals and values that that helped raise us. <laughs> so how are y- y'all and not I'm, doing that I'm, amongst each other? And when I'm saying this right now, it makes you should have you should have an understanding of where, where I'm at, where we at as brotherhood. Right. That's some things you got to just let go and just figure out. You know, just figure it out and don't let money, you know, mess up certain situations. Don't let Certain Don't things. let cash rule everything yeah, around you. Yeah, you can't. Cash rules, you know, the, the outside world, the physical and this material things that we need. And when money gives you, a, uh, makes things easy, but it doesn't make you love. You know, mm. it doesn't give you love. Right. It doesn't give you happiness. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Only the people that you have around you do. But if I got a bowl of soup, my brother got half that bowl. Yeah. Like, that's how it should be. Yeah, it's like that. It's still okay. like that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I, you know, if I need something, I go see, I go see Rizzo. You're going to be like, yo, yeah, boom. I just don't, I just ain't never had to ask him for nothing. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those brothers. I was always self-reliant. So I just kept how I was, how I was rocking. You you also a real driving force to the clan. You talk about meth, but you all, you push Raekwon as well. Oh, yeah. Ray, Ray was my brother, man. Me, me and Ray did a lot. You know, that was my party. That was my party, dude. Mm. Me and him stayed in the square. We stayed, we stayed partying, Latin quarters. You know, we, it was time to go out. We was always, me and Ray was always together. You know what I mean? Between me, Ray, and John Mel, those two, you don't know John Mel, but he was like, um, like, you know, our, our, you know, go-to guy to go out, and that was, that was that. You know, you see me like y'all had uh, like um, a, like a competitive sibling rivalry, you and Ray. You even talk about he smashed one of his chicks, and you. Well, <laughs> he was, you know, that was on some woo. And bros is broads, man. Wait, 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 wait. He's going to smash my... He's going to smash my... Too, man. Pardon me. He's going to smash my poo, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he ain't no little... I ain't, I ain't, you know... It's just what it was, man. How do you feel about uh, Martin Shkreli being ordered to turn over the $2 million Wu-Tang album? I don't even know this dude. <laughs> he look like a worm to me. I don't know this dude. <laughs> I'm like, when I seen his face, I'm like, huh? How did you get my gangster? <laughs> how did my, my... How did my gangster get in your hands mm-hmm. like that? Are you guys in the middle of a lawsuit over that particular album now? I'm not. I'm not in a lawsuit. I'm. In, I'm more or less right now. I'm. A, I'm in a forensic audit. Okay. Trying to find out what's going on. What you're supposed to have financially. Mm-hmm. Basically. Oh, because you never got broken off from that sale. Yeah, I want to see what's going on. Gotcha. Right now, you can't know. It ain't like the streets. I run up on them. Yo, give me my money. Mm-hmm. Nah, it ain't like that. I gotta give lawyers, y'all. Call his people's up. Injunctions. You know, get them, and then you know they got them in the, they got them in the cobra clutch. Did you not know y'all was gonna do that with the album, or, or you knew? Nah, that? I didn't, we didn't even know. We didn't wow. even know that was gonna happen. You said they came and got separate verses. Yeah, this dude, from... this dude, Silver Rings, who was real close to the group at one time. His business little um, Dominion, whatever Minion, whatever you wanna call him, and um, he just said got verses from here, 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 and he put it together. And I mean, you know, if you, if you do it like that, it came out kind of chunky, and um, I'm on a song with Cher. I didn't even know. <laughs> really? Dude, yeah, me, Red Man. Was on the song with Cher. On the album? Yeah. Did you hear it or? Nah. I heard the, the, the before it went out, after it was, you know, all, all the verses together, I heard it one time. After that, it was a rap. I ain't hear, I ain't see it. I ain't hear it no more. Wow. wow. Man, I love reading this book. A lot of the scenes and stories that you told play out like a movie. In Very my head. vivid. Yeah. You, like you missed out of... on Kim K. Very vivid. <laughs> yeah. It was, was young. It was young. You almost had Kim K? Young. Youngster, man. House of Blues. Now, we don't know if he really, um, he just got her number. You know, I ain't gonna get Deck that did some sucker. He, he scared her. He scared her. <laughs> what Deck do? You know, he back then we was kind of grimy. You know, mm-hmm. get on the phone, somebody calling. You gonna come over and give me some? Don't even know who he is. Like, <laughs> I ain't going over with them, them crazies. Oh yeah, like, and, and the whole it ain't no fun if the homies can't have. Yeah, nothing. but Deck, yeah, Deck yeah, was yeah. you know he was Deck was crazy. Man. He was crazy back then. You know he's he's a black dude, so you mm-hmm. know. But even just hearing how Cream took off for you guys. 
basically their performance and the money falling from the ceiling. And then you said the song went gold yeah, no, within no. hours of you guys yeah. performing Cream. Yeah, yeah. and prior to that, we was on the beach worried about if we was going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then we already had all the videos in the can. So when, you know, we, we dropped Cream on Arsenio Hall, the next day we got the, the record reports. We was like, what? Just went because we was already like a hundred, hundred, two hundred thousand sales with, with the chest box and all the stuff we put out. We was already two hundred thousand sales, and as soon as we dropped that, this shit jumped to five hundred and just kept going. That's going. amazing oh, wow. how an appearance on Arsenio Hall affected. Yeah, that was the platform back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arsenio, that's why to this day, if he ever need, if he ever need anything, <laughs> anything, I tell you, he just hit me, DM me, get contact with <laughs> me, bruh. You get anything, man. You get you know from from any brother, man, from any one of our brothers. Is that the reason you named the book Raw? Because that's kind of like the first word that set it off for you on Mystery of Chessbox? Yeah, that. And my life has just been straight from Bolivia, baby. It's uncut. It's going, it's, you can't snip this without some cut on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I remember the first Wu-Tang album, they described you as a, a psychopathic thinker. But after reading the book, I'm not sure if that's an accurate description. You just, hold up. You know that torture? I invented the torture. Mm-hmm. Really? I was the one that invented it. <laughs> we used to play it on the block because we ain't had nothing else better to do. We sitting there waiting for customers, and we used to just think of crazy stuff to say the things we're gonna do to each other. Wow! And that's how torture came about. What a know? fun game! Well, Amazing <laughs> game! We wow. used to use it. I right? used to use it. Up yeah, we used to do it on the radio. Yeah, 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 we just think of all the crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. I will slice your cheeks and pour no. Crisco in your mouth. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Crisco in your mouth. I'll fry your feet in sirloin grease. You know, we just. Mm-hmm. Just saying some funny stuff. Whoever could think of the most craziest, weirdest thing to do. No, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but that's why he called me a psychopathic thinker because I came up with oh, crazy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because it always seemed like you, in the book, when I read the books, like you always seemed like you understood what you was doing was wrong. You was very self-aware, yes. and you understood how to make things better. Yes, always. But I don't get it twisted. I am a funny dude. You're a funny dude. You should be a comedian. I don't know why you don't be a comedian. Because <laughs> then I won't be funny no more. You know, you know what I'm saying? When people, with the expectation of being funny, right? You're right. You know right, what I mean? You're right. You're right. They put they pressurize my cabin like that too. As soon as I, yo, you gotta do this. You gotta do that. You gotta do this. I'm like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> can't even get it up. I'm like, dang man, y'all make it. you may be bad right now. You know? Do you feel like you've gotten everything uh, you deserve out of the game? Man, I've been in the game for a long time. I'm living. I'm breathing. I ain't in the coffin. I ain't in jail. My babies went to college. Mm-hmm. Damn right, bro. Or Make sure you pick up the book right now, and we appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, Venom in stores, too, March 30th. My people. Gotta do that together. You gotta put that together. You know, it's it's cross collateralized disease. All right, it's you, God. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Good that morning. Fr- that French still go hard out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. I like that's adult contemporary hip hop, like that. I like that. <laughs> adult contemporary. That's adult contemporary hip hop. I mean, adult contemporary hip hop is usually made by older artists, but that's got an adult contemporary sound. I don't feel crazy too. I don't feel crazy two step into that one. Okay, old man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get to the rooms. Let's talk Kevin Love. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, just last month, DeMar DeRozan from the Raptors talked about his lifelong battle with depression, and that did inspire Kevin Love to talk about his own mental health struggles. Now, this is from Players Tribune. Here's what Kevin Love had to say about realizing that he had some issues. 
I remember when I was two or three years in the league, I never heard of a pro athlete talking about mental health and I didn't want to be the only one. But it's kind of strange when you think about it. In the NBA, you have trained professionals to fine tune your life in so many areas. But none of those people could help me in the way I needed when I was lying on the floor struggling to breathe. I'm just starting to do the hard work of getting to know myself. For 29 years, I've avoided that. So I did one seemingly little thing that turned out to be a big thing. The Cavs helped me find a therapist. Drop one of the clues bombs for Kevin Love, damn it. Hey, man, them panic attacks and anxiety attacks is real. I go to therapy every Friday at 3 o'clock, baby. So he said on November 5th, right after halftime against the Hawks, that's when he had a panic attack. Mm -hmm. He said he knew something was wrong almost right after tip-off. I was winded within the first few possessions. That was strange. And my game was just off. I played 15 minutes of the first half and made one basket and two free throws. So he said he felt his heart racing faster than usual. Then he Ooh. was having trouble catching his breath. I know the he feeling. said everything was spinning. My brain was trying to climb out of my head. The air felt thick and heavy. My mouth was like chalk. And that's when he said that he just literally physically just couldn't re-enter the game after they were in a huddle. So that's when he went back to the locker room and he was just lying on his back on the floor trying to get enough air to breathe. If you've ever had a panic attack or anxiety attack, you know exactly what Kevin Love is talking about. It's funny, I've been suffering from those for years but never knew what it was mm -hmm. until recently. And I go to therapy every Friday at 3 o'clock, baby. And so so why, why do you get there? Why, what, what causes you to get to that place? Oh, all kinds of stuff. I got so many irrational fears. Like, I think, you know, parental paranoia, you know. I mean, probably not, PTSD. Not Bigfoot anymore, right? I've never been afraid of Bigfoot. I'm never afraid of things that I think I'm supposed to be afraid of. Like, mm. I'll go Sasquatch hunting right now. Mm. It'd be, like, irrational fears. All right, well, he goes on to talk about going to see a therapist, and he said telling a stranger about his grandmother who had passed away and he didn't get to see her as much as he liked to in the last few years, mm. he said that's what actually made him realize how much pain it still was causing him because he didn't even know. Mm. He said, I realized that what hurt most was not being able to say a proper goodbye, and he had buried those emotions since her passing and said to myself after focus on basketball i'll deal with it later be a man i love so. my therapist my therapist be like this is confidential between us but i'll be like Shh, i know these stories fire i well, know you're going home talking about me he ended this all by Stupid. saying that he wants to remind he wants to remind himself these days everyone is going through something that we can't see and he said i want to write that again everyone is going through something that we can't see go to therapy man we love to work out and stuff and keep our body right you got to keep your brain right too every friday at three o'clock i'm in there i'm looking forward to my appointment this week god damn it all right serena williams she is returning to tennis it's actually going down today she posted it's official my comeback is here i'll start playing tennis again professionally for the first time since giving birth to my daughter this whole month I am, playing, I am playing tournaments in California and Florida, both my home states. Thursday, the day, that's today, the day I play, my very first match marks International Women's Day. That's today. Mm -hmm. My comeback could not have come on a better day, and I decided I wanted to do something different. So she said, I created my Serena Gold-toned S-Pin, which I'm... When I'm playing, you can wear it and show support not only for me, but also for my charity, which supports the Yatunde Pride Res Resource Center. So... Yatunde Price Resource Center. Drop on so when bumps. you see that, you know what it is. All right, Williams, that icon, she is. All right, DJ Khaled, he has an open letter to his son, and he posted a video montage of home footage to go along with it. Here is DJ Khaled, and the name of his new album is Father of Assad, and he talks about why. Love turns bad to good, dark to light, losing to winning. Love can change everything. It's changed me, and i tell you how. We're all grateful for those who came before us. You know that I am. Yes, I got everything from my mother and father. My family taught me how to tell right from wrong. 
My family taught me how to be self-made. My family taught me how to hustle. Well, now I'm grateful for the ones who's coming after me. My son, Assad. All right, then What's he goes. What's up with Khaled, man? What? It's not like a living will or something. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's just dedicating the album to his son. And oh, that's what. De- okay, oh, that's okay. the intro to nice. the album. So you ain't explaining yeah. that. I thought I was like, yeah, he just an open letter. No, he's I was talking about it's an, it is an open letter, and he also has a montage that goes with the open letter. It was some mm-hmm. video footage. That's what I said. But it's also the intro to the album, right? Um, I don't know if this is um, okay. an intro to the album. Khaled sounded like he was leaving, like he about to pull a wrinkle in time and just disappear in the universe, and have Assad come look for him. <laughs> All right, here's some more of Khaled uh, talking about his title of what he is and that means the most to him. My whole life I thought our parents give us our names. Mine called me Khaled. But here's a major key. Our children give us the ultimate name, the greatest title, the highest honor. My son has given me my new name, Father of Assad. And today, that's what I'm naming my new album. And so there you have it. That's him talking about why he named the album that and dedicating everything to his son and talking about how important it is to him. Well, congratulations, Cal. Drop on the clues <laughs> on for Cal. It's a movie. All right. God bless Cal. <laughs> it's a little too deep for me right there. It's more it ain't, it ain't that deep. I don't know. I don't know if I like woke Cal. <laughs> I don't think I like woke Cal. He's man. excited to be a dad I, for yeah, the first listen, time. Listen, man, I love it. Fatherhood is a beautiful thing. I think thing. it's Absolutely. really cute. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who you giving me that donkey to? And I was contemplating whether I even wanted to do this the past couple of days, but it, but my uh, my spirit was moved this morning to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, a, it's the rapper named Little Zan, I think his name is. He needs to come to the front of the congregation. I'd like to have a word with the young man. All right. We'll yeah. get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They're waiting for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yes. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Yes, Donkey of the Day for Thursday, March 8th, goes to a young 21-year-old rapper from Redlands, California, named Little Zan. I'm looking at his Wikipedia because I know nothing about this young man, and his Wikipedia said he is an American rapper of Mexican descent, and his stage name is derived from the name of the prescription drug Xanax. Uh, I don't do Xanax on no level. I suffer from anxiety, and I don't do Xanax. I I don't want medication to deal with my anxiety. I would rather go to therapy every Friday, 3 o'clock, baby. No knock to anyone who is on Xanax for anxiety or reasons. Uh, Salute to y'all, but that's not my thing. Now, I highly doubt little Xan is on Xanax for anxiety reasons. I'm sure he's using them for recreational reasons, but I think I remember seeing something once well, he said he wasn't using Xanax anymore. I don't know how true that is. Uh, naming yourself little Xanax is a hell of a commitment to that drug. All right, so if you are done with Xanax, you need to change your name. But let's get back to the matter at hand. Now, listen, I don't judge these young rappers. I honestly don't care what they are doing. I just really don't, and I'm not one of those guys who acts like my generation is any better than this generation because in my era, we was celebrating the drug culture in the form of hustling. We had music that normalized crime and violence. We had music that objectified and degraded women. I'm not one of those your sin is greater than mine type of guys. I'm simply an energy person, and there's some young rappers I vibe with, some I don't, period. And it's not about content either. You know, your Uncle Charlotte says in life, you have to have the perfect balance of ratchetness and righteousness, so... You know, um, it's just it's just energy. You know, it's just a, it's just a vibe. You know, if I like the energy of it and the vibe of it and the sound of it, I rock to it. 
I like everything from Vic Mensa to 21 Savage, Vince Staples to Kodak Black. I like Rhapsody to Migos, Tank, Big Sean, Kendrick, Partisan, Fontaine. There's plenty of young rappers I like out here. In fact, it's way too many to name right now. But guys like Lil Xan, they just not one of them. Now, music is subjective. So if you like Lil Xan, good for you. Uh, me personally, I don't give a damn about Lil Xan's music. I can't tell you if it's trash or not because I never bothered to listen. Uh, you ever listen, Envy? No. You ever listen to you? No, I haven't heard it. All right, so I'm going to just take a wild shot in the dark and say it's trash. But that's not even an accurate assessment because I don't listen to his music. But his music is not why he's getting donkey today, so that doesn't matter. The reason he's getting donkey today is because Little Zan said Tupac Shakur's music is boring. Now, let me put this in context, okay? Little Zan was on Revolt TV. Drop one of Clues Bombs for Revolt TV. And they were doing something called a clout rating. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Little Xan had to give rankings on the clout of certain rappers, okay? On a scale of 1 to 10, he had to rank the clout of Tupac. This is what Little Xan ranked Tupac and said about his music. Cool. It's boring music. <laughs> play it, play that. Let me say that again. Little Xan had to give rankings on the clout of certain rappers on a scale of 1 to 10. He had to rank the clout of Tupac. This is what Little Xan ranked Tupac and said about his music. Cool. It's boring music. Maybe he never heard him. He gave him a two. And he said his music was boring. Oh, my God. Okay. Drop on the clues bombs for Revolt again. Oh, you got him. Oh, you got the little guy. <laughs> Whoever did that interview, you got him. You put him in a corner, right? Lil Xan gave Tupac uh, a two on the clout ranking. I wonder if these kids know what the definition of clout is. I would think so, right, since they're using the word so much, right? The definition of clout is influence or power. Without question... Tupac Shakur is top three, if not the number one most influential rapper of all time, and it's not even close. If you ask me who the most influential rappers of all time are, just influence, I'm going to say Tupac, I'm going to say Kanye West, I'm going to say Jay-Z. That's my opinion, just my opinion, but regardless of if you agree with me or not, you have to know that Tupac has more clout than any rapper dead or alive, okay? Lil Xan, Tupac has been dead longer than you've been alive. You are 21. He's been dead for 22 years. And for the past 22 years, Pac and Def is more famous, more influential, and more powerful than you are right now, alive. Think about this, Lil Xan. You are being asked about a rapper that's been dead for 22 years. They ask you to rank the clout of a rapper that's been dead for 22 years, and you have the nerve to give him a two? Little Zan, ask yourself this. Would they be asking another rapper about you 22 years from now? Probably not. You probably won't even be remembered unless, of course, you die from a Xanax overdose, God forbid, and then you become a cautionary tale. But I promise you if that was to happen to you right now, you, Little Xanax, you would trend on Twitter for a day, your family would care, and hip-hop would move on. Now, if you think Tupac's music is boring, I'm not mad at that. Music is subjective. I ain't sh- mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just snorted, man. Help it. Come on, man. <laughs> you, you just had to get that one off. Right? <laughs> but listen, we can't allow these youngins, all right, to rewrite the narrative of icons in our culture. I personally have never heard anyone say Tupac's music is boring. I wasn't the biggest Tupac fan until after he died, but that's because I was a mob, deep, biggie kind of guy. So when Pac started coming at them, I chose sides. But I listen to a lot of Pac now. You know why? Because a lot of things he was saying when he was your age, Lozan, are still relevant to this day. Lozanne, will the music you are making now matter tomorrow? Will it matter the day after? Will it matter next week? Probably not. Now, I could be wrong about you, okay? I could be wrong about all of this. You may be the next great rap icon. 
I highly doubt it. But in the process of you trying to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve, how about show some respect for the pioneers of the culture that made it possible for you to be trash? Seriously. A guy like Tupac died for your rap sins. Okay, I'm serious. I look at Pac and Big's death as the ultimate hip-hop sacrifice. You know how people say if Pac and Big hadn't have died, the game would have been different? I believe that. Okay, a lot of different doors opened when those brothers passed. A lot of lanes opened. And a lot of people came running through those doors and running through those lanes. Some were dope and some were whack. Okay, but without, uh, you know, Pac, Pac, Pac making the ultimate and final sacrifice, okay, without that, I don't think you would be here. Okay? He was the he was the he was the ultimate and final sacrifice, okay? The perfect without blemish sacrifice for your rap sins, Lozan. Pac laid on the cross in order for you to be able to express yourself artistically. Pac made it possible for you to make a living being trash. And you got the nerve to say that a man like that has a two on the clout scale. You have the nerve to say that man's music is boring. You don't strike me as a thinker, little Zan. Okay, most juvenile junkies aren't thinkers, and Tupac makes music for the thinking man. When you say you think Pac's music is boring, I think that you think Pac's music is boring for the same reason you probably thought school was boring. For the same reasons you probably think books are boring. I'm sure you think TED Talks are boring, too. I bet you think any place of worship is boring. Anything that remotely makes you think, I'm sure you think is boring. Okay, but one day, little Zan, when you are completely sober, if you get to that point, and you're a little older and a lot wiser, you're going to want to think. And you're going to want to learn. And you're going to gravitate towards things that teach you because the beauty of the truth is that it's the truth regardless of who believes it or not. And Tupac Shakur, regardless of if a juvenile junkie thinks his music is boring and gives him a two on the clout scale, is absolutely the truth. Okay? Please give Lil Zan the biggest hee-haw. Uh so I say the truth don't need no 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 uh, defense, only witnesses. That's all. And the truth is the truth regardless of if you believe it or not. So let little Zan run around and tell his lies about Tupac having a two on the cloud scale and being his music being boring. We know that's not true. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that donkey today. Up next, ask ye 800-585-1051. If you got a question for you, matter of fact, all women, well, I think all women should call in this morning. Yeah, it's International Women's Day. International so Women's let's Day. Let's get it going. It could be about anything. It could be about business. It could be about relationships. There you go. It could be about family, whatever. All right. We'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Howdy, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's International Women's Day, and it's Ask Yee time. So we need all our uh, females, our women, to call in right now. Hello, who's this? Hi. Um, don't want to give that out. Okay. okay. Hey, Anonymous, what's your question for Yee? Um, my question is, I've been dating somebody for uh, a few years now, and he's in the military and stuff, but um, when we first started, it was perfect. But uh, he was able to um, try to get me out of my comfort zone, I would say, uh, sexual-wise, mm-hmm. and I end up doing some things that I normally, I actually wouldn't do. Okay. And um, Did you enjoy it? I did and I did not, um, because it was against my morals and my values. What's but against, I'm just curious, Anonymous, like, what is against your morals and values? Threesomes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so I did that, and um and it at first, it, I mean, it was weird or whatever, but then I, I began to, you know, do things for him that, you know, required us to do stuff like that. And it was just for him. So I would do it just for him. Okay. But um, 
Which, by the way, in a relationship is not a good idea to do something that you don't want to do just for the other person's pleasure. Right. So, I mean, now it's getting to the point where, like, we, if it's like, well, you knew who I was before, I'm, you know, before you met me and stuff like that, and you knew what I like, and, and it's gotten to the point where we used to talk about marriage, and now we do not talk about it, like, anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it's always bringing up what he wants to do with some other female, and it's just kind of weird. So... Um, I'm just wondering, I see the potential that's there, but I'm just wondering, is it even worth trying well, to? Because he, he says he loves me and things like that, but it's just entirely too much when it comes down to women. It's just too many. It's, well, is he, real, is he willing so. to sacrifice and not have these threesomes and do these things that you don't even get pleasure out of? I don't think so, and if he says that, then I think he'll go behind my back. Mm-hmm. So you don't trust that that will happen. When you've told I him, I don't like doing this anymore and I don't want to, can you be with me and just me? What does he say? He'll say, yeah, but I know that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like I see the potential there and I, I actually do think I love him, but I mean, not that I think I love him. I do think that he loves me, but it's just like maybe he was like uh, exposed to something and, and it's like he can't get out of it. And he's been in that for so long. Right, that's what that's you what brings that. him pleasure, and you were doing it, and now you're gonna stop doing it. So you don't. He probably doesn't even know if he could not do it anymore. I think. Right. Okay, so I think that the issue here, and this is why I always tell people, if you really don't want to do something like that, not to do it. But you've done it, and you tried, and you attempted to see if you liked it. You didn't, but you kept on doing something you didn't like to do. And when you guys can't link up like that sexually and you believe other people have to be involved to be in a relationship, that's not a good feeling for your ego either. I'm but sure. it's almost like I invested so much time and energy and money and... Uh, uh, girl, listen, let me explain. I, we can never look at relationships and look at it that way. I invested so much time and money and energy. It's supposed to be, is this somebody that I can trust who I want to be with because if not you're going to end up wasting more time and more energy and more money at least you learned something from the experience every single relationship we're ever in what we do walk away with even if we don't end up with that person is we do learn something from it so that's never a reason to stay just because you feel like well I invested so much time money and energy okay you don't well, want to keep on go. investing that like how do you really really let go it seems like that's what you want to do I I do but then I some. Sometimes it feels like, okay, well, That's I've taught him a lot of things and stuff like that. What if he used what I put into him to someone else? So it's what? Bad. You're going to use what you learned from him with someone else, too. I didn't really learn much. Yeah. Well, that's a problem, okay? Because whoever you're with, you should definitely be learning from them just like they are learning from you. Sounds like this man maybe just isn't on your level and you're just comfortable with it and you're scared to be alone. But what you need to do is find somebody who's compatible with you, who cares about you and your wants and your desires and cares about what you don't want and what you don't desire and wants to make sure that you two can come together on those things. That's important. You deserve better. Life can't. Life with somebody else can't be just you doing what you need to do to please them them right I, right so right. you're right you're right you're right and, and, and i'm in things about it i know that and see i know i i grew up with a lot of guys as my family's predominantly men but you know well listen babe I, I, just, I just want to say do for you he's been selfish all this time now you be selfish and do what you need to do for you to be happy because you don't sound like you're happy in this situation so i think Perhaps this just might not be the right person for you if somebody doesn't care about how you feel. Right. All right? And don't worry about the time. We've all wasted time. We've all wasted energy. We've all wasted money. It'll come back 10 times better for you. All right. I'll, I'll, 
Do what you need to do for you. Be selfish. Do what you need to do for you. Nothing wrong with that. Okay? Okay, thanks. And check back in with me, please. Hey, this is a dangerous situation. I know a woman right now who is seeking spiritual counseling because she was having threesomes with with other women in order to please her man. Mm -hmm. But she was raised in a real religious household, and the Bible says homosexuality is wrong, so she hates the guy because she thinks he was the devil, and now she's conflicted about her spirituality, and she thinks she's sinned because she partaked in scissor action and she thinks she's not getting into heaven because she's gay and she blames the guy for making her gay oh it's crazy yeah you just in the bedroom Whoa. don't do things that you don't want to do Word. like that's all and if a man can't understand that then that's not a comfortable situation that's not the right person for you absolutely all right ask ye 800-585-1051 hit us up right now it's the breakfast club good morning Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Aisha. Aisha, what's your question for Yee? So my question is, like, how do you coexist with the woman that's about to marry your daughter's father? Mm-hmm. But you guys don't get along, I take it. No, we don't. And it's not totally on my part. I mean, she's listened to a lot of things that he has said about me mm. and that she's taking them to be true without getting to actually know me for herself. Right. And have you and him obviously don't have a good relationship with each other, so that carries well, over. it's off and on. Like, sometimes you're good and sometimes he act like he can't stand the ground I walk on. So, like, I don't, I don't know. How do you guys communicate when it comes to your child? Is it uh, directly with each other? Sometimes, um, in the beginning, first of all, our daughter is seven. So, in the beginning, it was through his mom. I would relay a message to his mom. His mom would relay it to him. And then she would get back to me with whatever. But now, she and I don't talk either. So, now he and I are forced to communicate with each other. If we don't communicate, a lesson is something that absolutely has to be discussed between the two of us concerning her. I just recommend this until, because sometimes it takes a long time for things to smooth over and get better for people's emotions not to be so involved. I think what you need to do is communicate with him via text message as long as y'all can, and at least you just be chill and cool all the time and just be very okay hey this is what I need hey I need to pick her up are you picking her up at this time thank you cordial polite and that's it and let gradually over time as that relationship as they keep doing their thing and you're doing your thing at some point things will perhaps get a little bit better but in the meantime for now just communicate just on a very cordial level and make sure you keep it that way so that you can communicate about your daughter with each other and nothing else. That's all you talk right. about. Don't mention his fiance. Don't mention anything else. Just strictly well, about. Mm-hmm. I don't mention her, but this is what she did recently, which I thought was like a little petty. And this is her character all the time. So my daughter had a game a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, it wasn't my daughter's game. It was my son's girlfriend's game. But we went to the basketball game, and it just so happened that the little girl that my son dates was playing her father's team. So of course, his fiance was sitting in the bleachers. And she said to her, to my daughter's dad, well, Charlize passed by me five times and didn't speak. Like, she's a kid. If you felt like you wanted to interact with her, why didn't you speak to her? Right. And why is he even telling you that? 
because they're petty and because right. I feel so, like that she's always competing with my daughter for her dad's attention. Aisha, like, don't you as a girl you, want to compete with a kid? Don't you feed into this pettiness. That's all I have to say. Oh, you can you can't control what they do, but you can control what you do. Right. And for yourself, you gotta just be just only communicate when you have to. Mind your business. Go about your business. If she says hello, how you doing? Keep it moving. You got a life. You got right. things to do. You above all of that. Right. People will drag Thank you me. into. People will drag you into some issue you don't even need to be into. You control right, right. yourself. Don't get dragged into that. That's their whole purpose. Don't be miserable with them. Don't be beefing over nothing. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. You're welcome, Aisha. All right. Ask Bye-bye. E. 800-585-1051. Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes, we are going to talk about a brand new hip-hop council that is being formed. And we'll tell you some people that are on that board. You'll be excited. Okay, we'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk OJ. It's this is the rumor report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. So we were telling you all about these never-before-seen videos of O.J. Simpson. It's going to air on Sunday at 8 p.m. on Fox, mm-hmm. and it's also about. It's such a weird scenario. There was this book, If I Did It, and the premise is hypothetically what he would have done if he was the person who killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. I think he should be arrested for that. I, I would look at that as a uh, mission of guilt, to be honest. And here's some of that interview. It's Judith Regan, the book publisher, who's actually talking to him. And he is hypothetically talking about the night of the murder. In the book, the hypothetical is... uh, Charlie. uh, uh, Charlie came by and mentioned something about what was going on at uh, her house. This guy, Charlie, shows up. The guy who I had recently become friends with. I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house, but it told me you wouldn't believe what's going on over there. And I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on over there has got to stop. You can't you can't use hypotheticals as a therapy Crazy. session. Like you got things you want to get off your chest that are eating you up, so you hypothetically speak on them. So you, you hypothetically confess. You can't do that. All right, here's another part of the O.J. Simpson, the lost confession, where he talks about still being angry at Nicole Simpson even while she was dead. If you're angry with somebody about whatever's going on in your life, when they die, it's not like that anger disappears. It was almost like I want to say, I told you, didn't I tell you? You know, it's whatever the hell was going on, you know what I mean? Didn't I? Mm. So you still got those kind of feelings in you, and you still are trying to deal with, I'm not going to be able to say this to this person. I'm never going to be able to change this person's mind. I'm never going to have an effect on this person again. Nobody hears this man venting. Nobody hears this man confessing. Like this is, is but you can't do nothing is. about it. He was found guilty. He could say whatever he not wants. Guilty. He was found not guilty. He can say whatever that, he wants. His like, actual genius not, but is foul, but he can say what he wants. I just think he got things that he want to get off his chest. It's eating him alive, so he has to tell somebody. He is. And that is a confession. You can't hypothetically oh confess gosh. to a crime. He can man. confess. He was found not guilty. So if you get found not guilty, but then you... Come back and you say you did do it. Is that you can't double jeopardy? He, really? Yeah. You can't get retried for the same thing. Twice. I thought you get more money with double jeopardy. I'm thinking of Jeopardy, Jeopardy. Don't you know mind. what? Don't you know mind. what? I'm gonna fight Never, you. Right don't now. mind me. Yeah. All right, Vince Staples. Now I guess <laughs> some people have been complaining about his recent live shows and criticizing him. So he has responded like this. On GoFundMe.com, you can decide to donate to the cause of $2 million, which will allow me to shut the f*** up forever, and you will never hear from me again. No songs, no interviews, no anything. If not, you can choose to let me do what the f*** I want to do when I want to do it. Get off of my d- or for my lifestyle. The choice is yours. 
Dropping the clues bombs for Vince Staples. I was thinking about this last night, Charlemagne. You might be able to get this. Man, I'm so mad Vince ain't hit me and told me about this. <laughs> First of all, it's a couple of rappers I talk to for no reason. Vince Staples is one of them. Like mm -hmm. we randomly talk all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm mad he didn't tell me about this because mm -hmm. I definitely would have had my kids. Well, the GoFundMe, he said for two million, I agreed to do the following move mm -hmm. to Palmdale, buy a Honda, year supply of soups for the homies locked down. So all of those things, if you can go ahead to his GoFundMe and now, I don't know what Vince Staples' pockets are like, but $2 million is like, I, I would need $20 million to $20 million? Away. $20 million, and I'll walk, walk away, away, I'll delete quiet, all my social never say media, again. quit radio, no more television, because I'm just looking at, like, you know, possible career earnings for the next few years. Mm -hmm. Give me 20 I'll walk away. All right. Mm -hmm. Go fund me. And uh, let's talk about <laughs> this, the Kennedy Center Honors. Now, we told you uh, previously about LL Cool J. He's the first hip-hop artist ever inducted into the Kennedy Center Honors. Mm -hmm. That's an annual honor that they give to people in performing arts for their lifetime of contributions to American culture. Well, now the Kennedy Center has set up a hip-hop culture council. And on that culture council is Q-Tip, who is the artistic director of the Hip Hop Culture Council. He said the members are the embodiment of what we stand for and all that we aspire to achieve with the Hip Hop Culture Program. Other people are Quest Love, Robert Glasper, Grandmaster Kaz, Common, um, Jay Period, Farrell Munch, Black Thought, Mimi Valdez, MC Light, LL Cool J, of course, Ninth Wonder, a Large Professor, all of these people, Fab Five Freddy, mm -hmm. are part of the... Uh, founding members and the council now. So it's a beautiful thing. I love it, but it sounds a little uh, up north biased. Where's the down south people on the... It's in D.C. Yeah, but where's the down so south know. people on the council? Like, where's the west coast people on the council? All I, see, all I hear is up north people. Um, where's Ninth Wonder from? Oh, North Carolina. North okay, Carolina. you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Still mm -hmm. need some Atlanta representation, though, because Atlanta's so big in the culture. Where's the L.A. representation? Well, that's just some of the members. <laughs> so there's just, you know, just... just Show no I'm more. sure they're still... There you go. ...going ahead and putting it all together. I like the idea, but it sounds a little up north bias. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, Revolt, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.